Blog Talk Radio. shaking my fist angrily at you tonight. Angrily. Verily. And whatnot. Hey, so uh, tell us a little bit real quick about your other show, Joe on Joe. What are you talking about and what episode are you on? Well, uh, Joe on Joe, every week we watch a new episode, not a new episode, I guess technically a 30-year-old episode of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, but we watch them sequentially and we comment on them you know, Mystery Science Style, it's a watch-along podcast. And this week, we just dropped the uh, part four of the Serpentor Saga. And next week, we are, are heading towards the, the big finale. Fantastic. Uh, our regular co-host and executive producer, Paul, um, he is actually part of the American military, and he is off doing secret stuff and maybe joining us later as we go. Uh, but he will be messed, and we are thinking of him if he's doing anything dangerous he can't tell us about. I'm pretty sure that he's not. But it's I hope it's I hope it's top. I hope it's super top secret stuff. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's I'm hoping yeah. it is. But I'm, I'm hoping, hoping I'm hoping that bullets. if we. Well, no, yeah. I hope there's no bullets involved, at least towards him. But like, if yeah. if we were to say too much now, like maybe that's why the internet is getting wonky on us tonight. Because if we say too, like the government's like, these guys are too close. They're getting too close. They know too much. Yeah, exactly. Well, so um, I'm just going to kind of hit some things real quick. We took last week off because normally normally we would have done an episode last week and not this week because this would have been the fourth Thursday of the month that we would have skipped it. But, um, oh, hey, there's Paul. Let's grab him real quick. Paul? Hey, hey, hey. What's up? <laughs> it's Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> I literally just walked in the door. Just took my flight suit off and called you guys immediately. <laughs> you are pretty much right on time. You are two minutes fast when we started, so it's not bad. Uh, things hey. a little weird tonight, but, you know, not too terrible. Oh, it was a long day. Paul, welcome. What's up, Joe? What I missed? What's up, buddy? <laughs> well, we were just, we were just, uh, I think we were just kind of, like wistfully hoping that you were on some kind of top secret mission for the government, that maybe that's why the internet's acting like a weirdo tonight. Yeah. No. Because the government, because the government doesn't want us to talk about it. The man's, you know, they're, 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 they got, they got their eye on us. Yep. They're, Listen, they're I right. can't, I can either confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> they're going all Art Bell conspiracy theory hour on us here. Yes. Yes. Art Bell. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So last week, um, our oldest canine companion, um, well, he didn't like lose a battle with cancer, but his dementia and everything got to be too much. And uh, his time uh, amongst the living had to come to an end, unfortunately. So I took last week off of uh, off podcasting. 
But you guys got a week off too, so it's not terrible for you. Yeah, yeah it it uh, it allowed me to go see uh, Alien Covenant last week. Yeah. Um, so I hear that may not have done you any favors. Yeah, right. I was like, you know, I still uh, it's, it's tasteless. I don't know who had the worst week. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, no, a covenant was not. Uh, it was. It was not. It, w- it wasn't terrible, but it was. Yeah. Um, I think it was very uneven. I think there was a lot of cool stuff in it, and it was really backweighted towards the final, maybe forty minutes, and yeah. so that made the first hour and some kind of hard to get through with any real interest. Holy cow! That's a long movie right there. Yeah, it was yeah. super long. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, it definitely wasn't terrible. I liked it. I think I liked it at first, but the more I thought of it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and it was extremely predictable. Was my biggest issue with it? I think to me. That was yeah. With Prometheus, it was basically a remake of Alien, and it kind of seems, from what I've heard, that they're kind of holding to the same thing. Well, I, I think I disagree. I think I disagree with you about uh, Prometheus being a remake of Alien. This one actually is a little more of a remake of Alien. Um, yeah. I think Prometheus. I think they were trying to do not to you know not to re argue the Prometheus argument. I think they were trying to do loftier ideals and and bigger picture stuff, and uh, they outsmarted themselves with their. Uh, their their screen their their characters were smarter than the screenwriters, and so. You have a lot of characters that were supposed to be brilliant acting really, 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 really dumb. Yeah. Really, really, really dumb. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, they didn't make that mistake. I think all the people were, all the characters were relatable. The you know performances were. Michael Fassbender is amazing. Um, yeah. And it just it yeah I don't know it just uh, just didn't didn't hold on. The ending the ending's crazy though. The ending is crazy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm sad to hear that, but I have to say it's about what I expected to hear about it. Yeah. But that's not, and I don't know what order we're doing this, but that's not that's not the important movie that I saw last week. Oh, no, no. We're, we're going to hold on. We're going to hit the news real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll let you do your spoilery, spoiler-free <laughs> review of the important movie. Uh, just to tease it a little bit, I've heard it's the best superhero movie since The Dark Knight, but we'll just kind of... Let that sit there for a minute. Nice. Um, yeah, so some things that, uh, a lot of stuff's been happening. Um, Sir Roger Moore passed away uh, at the age of 89 this week. Uh, short battle with cancer. Fortunately, it was a short battle with cancer. Um, yeah. Something tells me he outclassed cancer as he went. Right? Yeah. Probably, probably yeah, made a, my, a one-liner joke. my it was a big James, big James Bond fan. Octopussy was my first Bond movie, and saw it in the theaters as a, like an eight-year-old kid. My mom took me, and my dad was like, "Why would you take him to first of all the James Bond movie, and second of all, it's called Octopussy." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was, loved um, it. I loved it. When I was growing up, Roger Moore was. Uh, well, Joe, you're only a little bit younger than me, just a couple of years. Roger yeah. Moore was James for guys our age yep and, i mean view to uh, a kill view to a kill was so great yeah well it had the great soundtrack that was like current and yep. wasn't like a tom jones single or something you know i remember i was actually shocked to find out there was a james bond before roger moore when i first heard about it 
And then I was shocked mm-hmm. to find that there were two before I had known about it. Yeah. Well, after I after, after I saw that one, then my dad kind of introduced me to the other ones because he was a fan of the old stuff. So mm-hmm. I so I started so yeah so I started watching it at a younger age, and I, I love the franchise. Like I'm a bit of aficionado of it, and uh, so yeah, it was, it was sad. It was sad with Roger Moore. The the coolest story I heard this week, and you can go ahead and Google it and and read it yourself because it's it's going to be a better read than I am. Did you guys see about the story about the um, the guy who works in film in some capacity? I forget what role he is, but how he met him as a kid, and then he met him again as an adult. Did you hear this story? No, I didn't hear this. All right, so I'll paraphrase it, but you listeners out there, go out and, and Google it. Uh, you'll be charmed. He was a young kid, and he was at an airport when he was when Roger Moore was James Bond, and he was there with his grandpa or his dad or something, and he went over, and he's like, hey, that's that's James Bond. I want to meet James Bond, and he goes over, and he gets his autograph, and, he, and Roger Moore signed it you know, to Billy or whatever, signed Roger Moore, and the kid looks at it, and he's back with his dad. He's like, he he didn't, he signed the wrong name. Like this is not, doesn't say James Bond. So the, so he goes back to him and he says, you signed the wrong name. And Roger Moore pulls him aside and goes, you know, like, shh, I'm undercover. I can't sign James Bond because you know, then Blofeld will know where I'm at. So you keep our secret. Okay. Right. Fast forward. This guy's working in the film industry and he's working on some project with Roger Moore. And he tells Roger Moore the story, and he doesn't—he doesn't necessarily let on that he remembers it or anything, and he has a good chuckle with it. And later in the day, or later in the shoot, or something, at some point, Roger Moore pulls just kind of pulls the guy aside and goes, "Don't worry, Blofeld's never—something like he's not going to be onto us. Your secret's safe with me. I'm still undercover." That is amazing. Yeah, like playing along with him thirty years later. So yeah, charming. Such a charming that, story. That is amazing. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, so I was definitely saddened by this story. Uh, Paul, do you have a quick thought you want to share about James, uh, James Bond or Roger Moore? No, I just remember it kind of like hit me like most pretty shocked by it. And he was always my favorite James Bond, just like you guys. He was like the first one I remember seeing as a kid. So, uh, whenever anybody asks me who's my James Bond, and it's always going to be Roger Moore just cause that's the first one I ever saw. So it was, yeah. one to bring it up. And for me, he will always be, and I'm not going to remember which character it is, but he was also on the Wild Wild West. Yep. Um, who was it? The Saint? Yeah, he was Simon Templer before Val Kilmer. He was uh, Simon <laughs> Templer. Um, yeah, just Roger seemed, Moore. He seemed like a gentleman, man, like a, you know, like an yeah. old world gentleman. Yeah. And just smooth as shit. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell. Yeah. yeah. That guy probably Absolutely. never stumbled a sentence in his life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely sad to hear about uh, Sir Roger Moore's passing. Uh, glad to hear it was a short battle with cancer. And there, you know, that's as good as the news gets right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So now on to the next bit. And this one strikes me a bit odd. I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this. Uh, Bane is going to be Venom. Uh, this is not a Marvel <laughs> DC crossover. Yeah. Tom Hardy, who has now been Bane and uh, Mad Max, is going to play yeah. Venom in some weird spinoff of Spider-Man that isn't part of the Avengers Marvel Universe, but is part of Sony's yeah. Spider-Man Universe. It's going to be some weird standalone type movie. Yeah. I... I 
if if it really is going to be standalone and and not related, I I hate I hate Sony even more than I used to. I thought they got smart with the deal with Marvel with Spider Man, and the fact that they're trying to do a standalone non Spider Man connected Venom movie is ridiculous, like just ridiculous. Yeah, and even worse, they're they've named their shared universe the Sony Marvel Universe. I. I have zero interest in it. I love Tom yeah. Hardy, but I have zero, I have zero, zero interest in a Venom well, movie. Okay, so and, and, right. and then the Silver Sable, Silver Sable Black Cat movie they're teasing. I have less that's than zero interest one. on that. Yeah, less than zero yeah, interest on next. that. I don't get that at all. I don't know. That's yeah. way out of left field. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. So if they do Venom Space Night, you might have me. Huh. So I might check that. Right. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe. No. Well, that, yeah. I like that. I mean, I like that series. You know, I, I like some of the stuff they've done with Venom, but I, I don't. It makes no sense to me. You, you finally got on a good gravy train with Marvel and Spider Man. I'm assuming let's, you know, in a world where the Spider Man movie is turns out to be really good, let's just mm-hmm. ride that out. Ride that out, man. Go yeah. do if you want to do a Venom movie, do it with Marvel. And maybe they will. You know, maybe that's the thing that's missing from the story. Maybe Marvel is going to be super involved in it. But if it really is separate and not just Sony on their own, oh boy. Well, Sony already kind of shit the bed on uh, Venom once, didn't they? They're not yeah. exactly batting real well in the Spider Verse, is what I'm saying here. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, absolutely not. Yep. Um, before I get to a, a couple uh, rumor pieces, we got today is Star Wars's 40th birthday. That's true. Yep, happy birthday, Star Wars. Happy birthday. Happy life Very day, Star birthday. Wars. Yeah. Very instrumental in my entire life. I was three when it came out, and it forever changed who I was as a person. Yeah, it's probably the most significant, like, just thing that's been brought into my existence that is just, man, it's crazy how much it's influenced my life on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. I mean, my son's name is Lucas, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, not, Paul, Paul, not named after not named after the movie with the the, the young nerd. No, not oh. no. <laughs> but Paul, you and I grew up in George Lucas's hometown, so it kind of yeah. affects us even a little bit more differently. And you, I mean, your parents' house is what five blocks from uh, George Lucas's yeah. parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I was two years old. I do not remember anything of it, but my mother claims I fell asleep in the theater. That's about the extent of my knowledge. Um, but I, I love it. I've always loved it since I can remember. And yeah, so it's a David living in for me. Oh yeah, I actually, I was actually admonished in kindergarten a year and a half later for building lightsabers out of the building blocks and told not to do it anymore. I do remember that because my parents had to come in. But, uh, yeah, so Star Wars was released 40 years ago today, and an entire generation of nerds were born on that moment. If not born, yes. consecrated and baptized at the very least. Yep. The big bang. Big bang of nerddom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's kind of funny to me to think it's that old. I remember when Star Trek turned 25, and that just seemed ancient for a franchise like that, you know. And then Star now, Trek, isn't Star Trek 50 this year? Yeah, Star Trek turned 50 last year. 
And I remember in the in 1991 when it hit 25, it just seemed ancient because it was older than me by seven years, you know. Right. And so Star Wars, having come out when I was a few years old, just reminds me of how damn old I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, to quote another amazing franchise, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Well, I've yeah. got a lot of mileage, too. Yeah. But I digress. miles on that guy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So happy birthday, Star Wars. Thank you, George Lucas. Um, Yeah, just fucking amazing stuff. Pretty cool. Oh, also, just so you guys know, and this may mean nothing to Paul, but uh, for for, uh, Joe there, I'm going to be interviewing Holly from Land of the Lost here pretty soon. Fun. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Got her book. She just had a book come out. Her autobiography's out. I'm gonna be interviewing her on June 10th, so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Is the name of the book "I Am Not Holly"? Uh, you know what? I always tease that joke when I interview people, but no, it's called "Run Holly Run." <laughs> oh, fun! Yeah, I've I've always used that joke with people, like when I talked to Fred Awana from Corner Gas, and uh, oh, who was somebody else recently? Oh, it was um, Tammy Stronach from uh, Never Ending Story. Oh, yeah. And, and they always have a little like, well, you know, I wasn't that character, but now 30 years on or 15 years on, I've learned that I am that character. Or at least I'm so identified with that character that I can't get upset when people confuse us. So I'm like, well, what you do then is you release the book, I am not so-and-so. And then five years mm-hmm. later, you release the next book, I am so-and-so. Just like Bingo. Nobody did. Yeah. But yeah, so there's cool stuff coming up. And apparently I may be filming an interview with an independent comic creator this weekend that will also be getting used in an independent movie. So uh, I got oh, my makeup department oh, re- makeup department ready, you know, get the lighting in here all set. Make nice. sure I don't drink too much the night before, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. That's, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Fail. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting a head start already on it, but, you know, that's just me talking. Uh, so, Paul, <laughs> tell me about this. Or either one of you, because you know, Joe, you may have heard something too. Marvel to to get the rights back to Fantastic Four. What have you heard? What do you know? Have you read about this? Have you heard about this? Okay, so I'm gonna break this down. I'm not gonna say any names because I don't want anybody to get in trouble. But I know an individual who lives in Los Angeles who may work for a certain company involved with that stuff, and a, mo- a memo was released. Talking about it's officially the deal has been complete, and Disney now has acquired the rights back from Fox for Fantastic Four, and to include characters like Namor, Galactus, and Fantastic Four. Uh, I've been hearing the the Namor, and I heard uh, Namor and one other character too. I didn't hear the FF mentioned. You did give me a huge boner right now, enormous yeah, boner. So, now course until i see it for sure but this is pretty official like this is not just the like the bagel guy (laughs) well i'll say this so uh this 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 line of thinking goes back quite a few months uh but we've been talking about this shot in the shop for a little while we knew that fox needed marvel's permission to do tv stuff right yes yes uh all of a sudden Fox started blowing up on their TV stuff, and Marvel's not going to give that up for nothing, right? They don't need money uh, either. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Marvel also 
86, the X-Men books and the Fantastic Four book. And what's coming back? The X-Men books and now the FF is going to be back by the end of the summer, right? You hear, you hear nothing about an FF movie in production, even though you know the clock's ticking. I think they have three years now to, to do it. Yeah. You hear absolutely nothing about that. And uh, watching Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you have Uatu show up, or at least the Watchers, or whether it's not Uatu or not. But the Watchers show up, right. The Watchers, 100%, are, have to be covered under the FF uh, property, right? I, I would assume. Then, connect these dots, super uh, conspiracy theory. Factor in uh, how they changed the name of the Avengers 4 movie, the, the, the sequel to Infinity War. They said, we're not saying the name because the name itself would be a spoiler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the fourth Avenger movie. Yes. What if? What better time to bring Phase in four? the FF that if you called it Avengers colon F O R F O U R Avengers Four for real? You made it. That that's the movie that we introduced the Fantastic. It's the, it makes total sense to me. Yeah, and Phase Four, like Phase Four. Be, yeah. So Avengers Four. I, I think that's a no-brainer. I hope that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I really think it's it's pretty much official and in, in my mind because this is a pretty reliable source that's coming from. Uh, it's great. So See, and I was getting ready to ask if your source was first. Joe from uh, Golden Apple Comics, but I guess it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was not. No, it was no, not. But he, um, like, we're on the same page, though. Yeah. yeah. And here's so as long as we're uh, speculating and throwing other concepts out there, uh, I was, I, I've been putting out the thought, the good vibe of, one theory that people have is, is if obviously the Fantastic Four are rooted in the '60s, right? You know, with the space race and 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 kind of in our heads, I think the coolest version of them is some kind of like Mad Men version of the FF. Could Marvel's been? Oh, did we lose somebody? Nope. Joe, you're breaking up real bad. They want to go into the negative. They go into the negative zone, oh. then boom, they bring them into the the current era without. With, so they're still Marvel's first family. They've just been gone for forty years. Gone. Yeah, like like they're do, yeah, like they did with the Century, but the same kind of concept. But we used to do it on the FF. So you get both these movies that are super stylized and different, but yet you can use the FF in the current Avengers and the current movies. You know, it sucks about that whole thing, John. You are breaking up really bad while you're telling the story. Oh, no. Well, first of all, yeah. it's not John again. God damn it. What am I doing <laughs> here? Why do you keep doing that? You know what? I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing that. Because I'm looking at his name while I'm saying it, too. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the breakup. I don't know what you heard. But basically, the concept is pull a century with the FF. Tell any new Marvel FF movie, set them in the 60s, like Mad Men style. But then they've been they've been lost in the uh, negative zone for forty years, so you could pull them out and use them in modern day with the Avengers. But then when they tell their sixty stories, you set them back in the day. That would be an outstanding idea, yep. and it would be still be better yep. than the Century too. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge yeah. Century <laughs> fan, but but then you know, then you could tell that stylized version and really set it use that 1960s vibe, which the FF really that's when they were the best. Well, let me get your guys' opinion on that. Do you think part of the problem with the Fantastic Four, the last two iterations, was that it wasn't a 60s period piece? 
Is there something with their origin story, very 1960s, about it? I don't think that's uh, the biggest problem with those movies, um, yeah. but but I think it could have helped. But I don't think that's the biggest problem with those movies. Those movies were flawed in many. Well, many no, the ways. biggest the biggest problem with those movies was the script and the casting, and the direction, and the lighting, craft services. <laughs> yeah, yeah, craft services. That was the downfall. <laughs> The whole thing. The whole thing was off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty terrible. Um, anything else you guys want to add about Fantastic Four before we move on to Joe's uh, review? Because <laughs> his name yeah, is right. Joe. I've written it down nope, three I times. Just, I just collapsed <laughs> Christ. He's only been on the show with us yeah. for a month now, and I keep fucking his name up every time I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's okay when they when they Google John on John, they might get a completely different Google result. Yeah, I actually yeah, I was, I was a Kickstarter website. on that movie, and I was really upset with how it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a whole different thing. Yeah, it was a sequel to the Al Pacino classic Cruising. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was for four people in the audience. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe five, but yeah, it was a pretty small. Maybe five. Small That's all right. Pool. It's all right. Yeah. It still landed heavy with them, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yes, I saw Wonder Woman. Yes. So I can't believe I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead back off with I have heard from two people that this is the best uh, superhero movie since The Dark Knight. Uh, Joe, why don't you give us your impressions, but please don't ruin anything. Okay, spoiler-filled, 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 spoiler-free, <laughs> I loved it without reservation. Everyone with an earshot needs to see this movie, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever. Uh, I saw it with a bunch of uh, strong ladies in my life, and they were crying with joy. That's how much they loved it. Uh, having to sit with us throughout every superhero movie for the last 20 years, yeah they're now able to sit there and, and, you know, get a little bit of their own uh, wish fulfillment on the screen. It is wonderful. It is evocative of the Richard Donner, Superman, the movie captain America. The first one is very evocative of that. Probably more so because the, the time that it's set world war one, you know, back in the day, um, the performances are amazing. The Amazons are great. It makes logical sense, which is a, uh, an accomplishment for the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous, stunningly good looking film. And, uh, and the action's a lot of fun to see her. You're seeing someone uh, use fighting styles that we haven't seen in, in movies, in superhero movies, you know, between the bracelets and the, uh, and the, and the lasso, she fights just different. You know, she just has a different style. So that's fun to see. You know, there's only so many ninja fights and stuff you can watch without going, okay, I've seen it before. Right. Um, Chris Pine is great. The supporting cast, like the, they have a little crew that they run around with. They're, they're very entertaining. Um, yeah. And, and the best part about it, strangely enough, because I love Easter eggs, there's no Easter eggs, at least none that were stand out. Huh. Yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, I, technically there's a couple. It's not really an Easter egg. It's a little bit of a... It's a bit of a, uh, it's a thing in the beginning and the end, but the meat of the movie, there's no, no, there's no like lingering threads. There's no lurking doom, you know, like dark side watching over everything. No, none of that at all. Just a good, 
solid origin story. That's a delightful, refreshing, refreshing choice they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me so happy to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, really is. I'm really stoked about that. Um, God, yeah, I'm actually really excited. And I just want to say real quick from the moment they first teased this movie, and you could see the colors in Wonder Woman's outfit, and they yeah. didn't just look like washed out blue tones of uh, everything else. Yeah. That made me excited, too, because one of the things I loved about the newest Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, was how colorful the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. And I'm so yes. tired of blue and brown washed out films. Yeah. Especially why color. A really yeah. fun, they did, they have a fun way to reveal, you know, her in the costume and everything. Um, nice. Yeah, it's it's so smart, and they they play her the way they chose to write her and play her is really really just unique and smart and 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 a lot more layered than you might think. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much without giving stuff away, but it's just no, yeah, sure. dynamite. Yeah, go see it. I'll answer any so questions now, you guys got. You guys now, got about it, but let me ask this: Now, is the character of Wonder Woman similar to the character we have seen in the comic books in the modern era? Um, or is this like kind of a fresh new take on her? Well, it's, it's, it's not a fresh new take at all. It's uh, very much beholden to the George Perez and the Greg Rucka stuff. Okay. It's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit of both. And, um, yeah, she, I think it's, she's pretty, she's pretty true North, you know, she's pretty true to her personality that I think, like Jeff Johns was writing her in the, um, in the justice league books, you know, of like, she's, she's here for justice and that's, that's it. That's awesome. I am so excited. That's this coming weekend or not this weekend, but next weekend. Yeah. June 2nd. Yeah. Pretty stoked about that. Um, Paul, let's go ahead and hit your picks of the week so we can try to get to our, our topic of the week within a timely manner here. Okay, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, so my pick of the week, it was really hard for me to pick this week. So this this pick was kind of weird because it's not really a character I generally like or I haven't even been reading this series. I picked it purely on the amazing art. So it was uh, Venom number 150. It was kind of an anniversary issue. It had like three stories in it, two of which were just whatever stories. But the first story by, uh, written by Mike Costa and drawn by Trad Moore, Trad Moore's art in that, it just blew me. Oh, I've always liked his art. It just completely blew me away, and it just stuck in my head. So that's what I picked. Uh, I don't, you know, I hadn't even read any of the previous issues of the new run yet. I just saw it, and it was just amazing. Just I, I would definitely buy it just for the art alone, just that first for, for story. So. Then I'm 151 was my pick this week. Awesome. Did you read that? How about? No, I did not. Did not. I I I read the Venom uh, Space Night series and a bunch of the Rick Remender stuff, but I I don't follow Venom too much. But it's nice to hear that it's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. How about your your pick for next week, Paul? He's what? Oh, so next week is Cable number one. Picking that, which is also a weird pick for me. I do like Cable, uh, but I've been 
kind of enjoying the, this new uh, fresh, I don't know if it's a reboot, but this new X-Men thing they got going on with X-Men Blue has been really good. Gold is not as good as Blue, but I've been enjoying it, and I've been really enjoying the Weapon X book. So uh, and to me, I'm, I think I'm more about creators now. So James Robinson's writing it, and Carlos Pacheco's drawing, so I love both of those guys. So I'm looking forward to see James Robinson's take on Cable. So Cable 1, number 1 comes out next week. See what uh, James... Uh, I've been. I think I've been sleeping under a rock because James is one of my my favorite writers, and yeah. Carlos Carlos always stunning artwork. I did not know that was the creative team on this book. That just jumped yeah. very high to my must get list for next week. Yeah, I and saw I that. Personally, I, like, I, I personally would stir hot coals with my penis before reading uh, anything that had ever been created by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> well, of course. I mean that's I don't know where you were going with that, but now that yeah. you finished now that you finished that sentence, I think we all agree, of course. Yes, cable was created by Rob Liefeld. You're you're saying you're saying you didn't get the uh you didn't get the new Deadpool mini uh graphic novel that came out last week? No, sir, I did not. I have a I lot have of hard feelings for somebody on this. Well cable cable also technically he was also I believe co created with uh Louise Simonson, right? Did Louise, because it was Fabian Nicieza did Deadpool, and I think it was Louise yeah. who co-created Cable. So, I mean, that's got the Simonson imprint, which is unimpeachable and just amazing. So that maybe that'll help you uh, smooth over your hatred for the character and get past the life all origins. It definitely, it definitely gives me two more names to add to my voodoo doll collection that I must create. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I met I a few years ago. I was on a reality show about my comic book collection, and part of it, part of the show they did was they they brought James into town, and kind of uh, we had a meet and greet kind of thing. Real nice guy. I didn't get to did uh, spend a lot. I didn't get spend a lot of time with him, which was weird. Like, but that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But I'm a huge yeah. James Robinson fan. Yeah, hey, I would fanboy out so bad if I met him. Oh yeah, it was great. Like it was super cool. And then. And, then the cameras turned off, and I'm like, "All right, you flew him all the way in here. Let's like have lunch." And like, no, he's got to leave. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> Never mind. But he was super cool, super gracious. He yeah. gave me. Yeah, it, was, it was cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Anything he writes, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah, That's Starman's awesome. my Starman's my favorite series of all time. Oh, Starman was yeah. amazing. Amazing. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I just you know there. I, I mean, I'll read them eventually. I just. I get so stuck in my ways. I mean, just ask Paul sometime about my feelings about uh, Jim Lee. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I got a hatred towards people from 25 years back, and I don't fucking warm up on them ever, you know. You don't like Jim I, Lee? I love Jim yeah, Lee. Yeah, I would rather get I would rather get cancer than look at a drawing of Superman by Jim Lee. Whoa! I, wow! I would rather I would rather masturbate with a cheese grater. Then look at a Batman drawing done by Jim Lee. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, that is, right? <laughs> that's that's yeah, it's out of control. Yeah, I, it's, I didn't say it was a rational. I didn't say it was a rational level of hatred. <laughs> what I'm saying here is, I I realize that I may very well be you know heading off in the air of mental illness in a few of these, but yeah, uh, yeah, fuck those guys. That's <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. Wow. Yeah, I'm totally opposite because Jim Lee is the reason who started reading comics. 
The first comic and, book I ever bought was the number one. Yep. And I forget really, that was your that, that was your first book. Friends. It was. Well, I mean, I I grew up with you know immigrant family. I didn't, didn't. There was no comic books in my life until I was you know in the nineties when I was like, what? When did that come out? Ninety one. Ninety-two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was twelve, and that's when I started reading. I mean, I saw other comics, but that was the first time like I purchased one, convinced my dad to let me buy a comic book. Because before that, I couldn't. My dad wouldn't give me money. Like we were poor, you know. Like you can't buy a yeah, the, sure the book, you know. Sure. But like, dad, please let me buy this, you know. And and that that's pretty. That's the one I remember in my brain. Like started it all. And I'm oh, a 90s comic book guy. Well, I'll, so I mean, the opposite of, I, I've uh, got a lot of respect. I got a lot of respect for Jim Lee of that crew because his his art evolved, you know, and it and it, it didn't get wildly different, but it got better and it got sharper when he focuses. Sometimes he can do stuff that you could just kind of look at and go, he's not putting a ton of time in. But um, oh yeah, but but compared to like his early stuff, he really evolved. Um, I don't think I'll, I don't think. You know, talking about life, I don't think he can say the same. It's gotten not better, you know. Like it's just more of the same. Yeah, Rob Liefeld's work has definitely become more concentrated. Liefeld. Yeah, and I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons I I think why why fandom kind of loves to hate on him because he kind of had the opportunity to do anything he wanted, and it was just kind of a kind of a squandering, you know. Like you could have really elevated the game and instead you just stopped drawing feet and never put out a book on time and it was all it was all vaporware and every character is derivative and you know yeah and somehow women have a tiny 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 waistline and their tits and asses point the same direction yeah wait wait that's not wait a minute that's not a that's Hold on. Well, I got to Google. I got to Google hold something. On. I got to Google Joe, something. Hold Joe, on. Joe, you live in LA, so you might be so used to something <laughs> different. Hey guys, we're coming down on time here, and there's uh, something kind of okay. I want to address, and you know, not that I'm ha- not having fun or anything, but um, you know, Chris Cornell uh, passed yep. away last week, um, and uh, Zack Snyder had to step down from Justice League because of a family tragedy related to the same sort of uh, situation. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Paul, you know this. My wife and I lost a child eight years ago to a drug overdose. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Same child also had a predilection for attempted suicide. Um, So this is a situation I kind of take seriously, you know, and it really stands out when I hear about it. Um, So I do want to make sure that if, you know, not, not that people need to be told to call somebody, but if you're thinking of hurting yourself, there are people out there to help you. Talk to a friend, a priest, a family member, you know, whoever. Or if if you can't, there are phone numbers you can call. Uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Paul and Joe, I'm going to let you guys take over for a second because I'm wearing glasses and kind of crying. So, Yeah. You guys, well, uh, you guys take over for a second. I'll be right back. No problem. Thanks for sharing. I didn't I didn't know that about your, uh, about your child. Uh, yeah, you don't know... You know, the saying is you don't know what, what you've got until it's gone, but you don't know what you yeah. mean to people until you're gone. And you'll never know that. And uh, if you care about the people in your life, you, at the least, you won't put them through pain that, that comes with suicide. 
Yeah, yeah hopefully I mean, it's it's just, at the very least, yes. Yeah, it's uh, been. Yeah, so there's. Ahead, I, mean, it's, I think every. I think all of us have, you know, can relate to the story. We all know someone. Yeah. Or uh, and maybe ourselves, you know, who dealt with suicide or suicide attempts, and it it's a it's a heartbreaking thing, you know. Like I've known plenty of people, I have family members. I suffer from you know depression. I have my entire life. And sure. You just it's hard to. Uh, it's something that's hard to deal with, but, you know, just hopefully people know that just like, that's just never the, you know, the, the answer. It's not, there's always yeah. someone that's going to be willing to listen to you. And, 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 and it's hard because depression is not something that you can just talk your way through sometimes, you know, just, no, it, I, it, I, so I, weird. I've struggled with it personally uh, for a very long time. I've been on antidepressants now since I was about, uh, 25 and I probably should have been on them, you know, 10 years earlier. Um, and I don't, I'm lucky because I was surrounded by a couple of people in my life that were able to help me get through it and, um, really finally have the courage to talk to someone because I think one of the things that I've, I've been happy to see in, uh, just in society is that mental health and, and talking to someone and going to see a shrink or something that's not, uh, it's, it's not filled with shame. Like it kind of sort of was yeah. when I was coming up. Um, yeah, it was something you didn't do, you know, like uh, you, you mentioned, Oh, I think I need to talk to somebody. And there's, you know, there's a look of horror across people's face because then you're the crazy guy, you know? Yeah. And so the more mainstream that becomes, you know, what's funny. I, one of the things I attributed to is literally the success of the show, The Sopranos, because that was about I, a, an an old school guy talking to a psychiatrist, and therefore you you reached an older audience, an older male audience, quite frankly. Yeah. All the the fathers of our world, and you reached them, and 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 they were seeing this character that they that they enjoyed or you know identified with in some whatever capacity. And he was seriously taking therapy serious and it was really helping him. You know, I think that's really one of the, the landmarks in mental health in the last 20 years. No, I, you know what? I had never thought of that, but I could totally see that because you're right. I mean, you know, and I'm in my forties and I'm, I'm a little goofy about it still. And I'm, you know, but still I'm like willing to say, Hey, you know, talk to somebody, go to a therapist, but you know, I don't ever want to see somebody see me like, you know, stammer or start to cry if I feel emotionally affected by something. So guys right. our dad's age or our grandfather, you know, shit, my grandfather cut his toe off when he was six, chopping firewood. I bet he didn't even shed a tear, you know? Yeah. Because you just yeah. didn't do that back then. Well, um, I didn't I didn't find out till till years later, but I believe my great-grandfather, he committed suicide when he heard that he, he got a terrible cancer diagnosis, my understanding of it. And uh, he didn't want to be a burden on people, you know? And it's like, what? Like, how is that the solution? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's never so, yeah I, I didn't want to drag everybody down there. I just wanted to make sure that we did get a chance to discuss that. Um, you know, and Joe, glad to hear you're, you're dealing with yours because I, I know years oh, yeah. ago when I finally had to come face-to-face with the fact that I had depression. Um, you know, so we're all three in the same boat, but I can understand you guys <laughs> being more depressed since you're uh, Jim Lee fans. I'd be depressed, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Joss Whedon has taken over on the reshoots. Uh, Justice League is moving forward. Um, I swear to God, the first guy who makes a glib statement about good uh, Zack Snyder is a shitty director or something, I am going to karate chop you in the throat. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So I did want to mention that. So that has been happening a lot. And just, you know, for whoever's listening, like, if you thought about posting something, tried to, you know, or have posted anything, like, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. Right. Like, you know, whatever you think of his work or his movies, uh, you know, Zack Snyder is going through some shit that, you know, God forbid, hopefully none of us will ever have to, you know, deal with. And, you know, I cannot believe people would sink as so low as to make these despairing comments towards Zack Snyder when he's going through this crap. Like, it's just shameful. It's disgusting. Just because of, he made a movie you didn't like, and now you're like happy that this horrible, tragic thing has happened to him and his family. Yeah, you know, on the on the flip side of that, it actually really makes me hope that 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 movie does turn out to be amazing. You know, not not that that's what's important, but just to avoid all of that kind of negative negative talk. I hope that movie turns out to be just absolutely just shut up and enjoy this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on that one, Joe. I, I hope it turns yeah. out for non I mean, for selfish reasons and non-selfish reasons. Yeah, I am yes. hoping it's an amazing movie. Yeah, he definitely needs a win in his life right now, and hopefully he gets it. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, when I first read that he was off. You know, I kind of first read he was off the movie, and I thought, oh, I wonder what. And then I read what, why, and I was like, okay, whatever yeah. fucking thought you were about to have, yeah. stop it right there. I'll yeah, tell you, they put no. they put it in good they put it in good hands though to to put the geek hat back on a little bit. It's in really great hands with Whedon, of course. Oh um, yeah. Now, it, realistically though, any film, regardless of who who is involved, and take all the actual real realist real details of this out of the picture. Anytime you have two directors like coming in at the last minute, that that's usually not a good sign, you know, just for the finished product. But I really hope that they they buck that trend. Yeah, that can be. I mean, look yeah, at how and, the original Superman two after they did the reshoot, right. the second director came in. Yeah, which, but hey, man, I love Superman two. Regardless of before, even before the Donner cut, I, yep. Superman two was always one of my favorite sequels. So yeah. listen, if we get a Superman two out of it, I would, I would adore that. I would adore it. Well, I was going to say, but but Superman two, as you got older and watched it, suddenly you're like, wow, that seems very unlike what we just saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's hoping for good things. That's that's what I'm saying about that. And you know, again, sorry to hear that that happened to his family or that's happening with his family because again, mm-hmm. it's not over. They'll have years of living no. with it to go through. So yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. yeah, the Chris Cornell one really hit me as a shock too because it's not like other people from that time period where you'd heard for years that they had a heroin problem and this that and the other was going on. For the most part, right. he kind of kind of escaped the news, and then all of a sudden that story hit. That one that well, one the, struck me a little bit hard. Well, there, yeah, I was a big fan. Uh, grunge era was definitely my era. It, it one of the things that came out of there was um, that he was. Oh, what's the what's the medicine? He was taking a very fairly common anxiety medicine. At a van, right? And apparently if you take too much or have some side effects, it's, you get some suicidal ideations out of it. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that may have been a contributing factor. That's what they're saying. Um, it, that's a shame, man. That he is the poster boy for uh, just the most talented that I don't think ever really found his proper niche, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, Ax- like, for example, Axl Rose, perfect with Guns N' Roses. Like, he, yep. his voice, his whatever he did was perfect with that band. Chris Cornell is one of the most talented vocalists of that generation of, I mean, he's up there on par with the Freddie Mercury's of the world. And he never found, I don't believe my opinion. He never, he never found. Yeah. I mean, he was great with Soundgarden. He was great with audio slave and they were two very different styles of man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's fortunate. He never fell to the point of just total obscurity. I mean, he was always working. Well, yeah, because he's just, I mean, who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to work with him? Yeah, right. So good. His James Bond, his James Bond song, uh, song he did Casino Royale. Oh, my God, I love that song. Yeah. Well, and what, they use, uh, they use the new Soundgarden album back in 2012, 2013 when Avengers came out. They used one of the songs off there for... Uh, oh, right, close, yeah. Close credit yeah. scene, yeah. So, yeah, that's sad. It's been a, it's been a rough couple weeks around the old uh, yeah. pop culture stead, you know. So here's hoping we got some better ones coming up. But hey, listen, not every week can be a week that Roger Ailes dies. Oh fuck! You know what? I I even lost track of that. I hope it hurt. That's uh-huh. all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, there are some people I won't pull back on just because they're dead. And Roger Ailes, you found a way to divide this country in a manner that didn't need to be done to continue profiting off of your Nixon era bullshit. I am sorry for your family that you're dead. I hope it kind of hurt as you went out the door, though. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, can't I can't disagree with any of that. <laughs> yeah, not that I like to sound mean necessarily, but you know, mm-hmm. fuck those guys. That's what I say about that. Yeah. Sometimes it's you know you got to be mean. Sometimes it's cruel to be kind. <laughs> yeah. Ah, good times, good times. And I also hear there's a report now that President Luthor has been caught talking to people from Apocalypse. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, G, G, uh, Glorious Godfrey was spotted in the West Wing. Yep. Oh, man. It's an interesting time to be alive, guys. It's an interesting time to be alive. It really is. And every day it's something new. Yeah, new indeed. Um, guys, we are about five over, so this will be heard on the replay. Um, anything you want to close on or add before we go, or a link or anything you want to drop before no, you out the door? Just thanks for having me on again, and everyone listening, go to Joe on Joe. Listen to my podcast, find it on iTunes, yeah. all that good yes. stuff. Woo-hoo. Do not go to John on John. I, I, no, I mean, I, listen, you can go to John on John. I'm not stopping you from going to John on John. I'm just telling you, it's going to be a different website. Yeah, yeah, but clear clear your browser history when you go. I, especially Wait a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hit. I'm gonna go to John on John right now. <laughs> He's calling my bluff. Tommy bullshit on that one. I gotta go register that site and put up some horrible porn right now before he gets there. Oh. Oh, you know uh, what? It is it is available. Someone's squatting on it. Or well, not available, uh, but someone someone's squatting on it. Yeah. But it's not wow. being used for anything cool. Hmm. Yeah, nothing. Seems a squandered opportunity to me. Yeah. 
That could be you know what that could be. That could be your all gay G.I. Joe sex worker <laughs> comic strip web series. There you go. Whoever well, I don't know that, about the sex worker stuff, but I've got I've got a real I've got a really strong LGBT following. A, a bunch of my friends out here uh, have really? been guests on the show. Yeah, a bunch of my friends out here have been uh, that are that are in the community have been guests on the show, and that's helped build it. And uh, I'm I'm I love it. I love it. I love my LGBT fans. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, I, I yeah. think that's a standard. I mean, I look never... at the. I mean, it makes sense. Look at the dreadnoughts, for God's sake. Well, you know, I, it's one of those things like with He-Man, I've considered it, you know, but with G.I. Joe, I never really thought about it. But I mean, it makes sense, you know, because the G.I. Joe characters definitely look like half the village people or more. Shipwreck. Uh, <laughs> Shipwreck for, yeah, well, Shipwreck for sure. Yeah. Shipwreck yeah. and Spirit. And, yeah. Shipwreck, Spirit. Uh, and then bringing the, the bridge layer, the bridge layer uh, uh, toll booth, he'd be the, con- the construction worker. Yeah. And then uh, the dreadnought, I guess, would be one of the dreadnoughts would be the biker. Yeah, I think I feel like Torch. Torch would be or no, no, uh, Ripper. Yeah, pretty mighty mustache that guy had. So I don't know if that's enough of a qualification. <laughs> well. well, that's what that's where Zartan's uh, uh, like master of disguise comes into play. You know, what we should Give do his... um, separate from this. We should do a GI Joe episode for the regular pre-tape uh, weekly episode. At some point coming up. Just sure. for shits and giggles, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That'd be fun Love to it. Do. Just the three of us come on and just talk talk Joe for a bit. Oh, it could be exciting. Yeah, that'd be you good. Got an stuff. expert with us. Oh yeah, boy, no, that's what would make it fun because I, you know, I haven't been doing enough of those like uh, like I did like one of my favorite episodes that we've done was my Shazam Cast episode where we had the guy from Shazam Cast come on and we talked Captain Marvel for an hour. That's cool. Yeah, and I haven't done one of those in a while, so that's uh, guys. Let's uh, let's get together and talk about that pretty soon here, because that that would be a fun episode to yeah. do. Yeah, totally. I'm cool. game. All right, so yeah, uh, go check out Joe on Joe Paul. If people want to find you on the Twitters, where can they dig you up at? Paul Vieira seven nine. And you can find us at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast. Hey, we only ran ten minutes over tonight. Woohoo! Go us. Hey, I only called Joe John once. <laughs> only one. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Signing off, Jeremy, Joe, and Paul. Talk to y'all soon. Have a great week, guys. Later. <laughs>